The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, you will have seen the story today uh, that according to the ESRI, we could have free GP care for all in this country by 2026, and it might cost as little as 380 million quid. Well, Dr. Ilona Duffy is a GP, she is based in County Monaghan. Ilona, free GP care within three years is it something we should aim for? Well, we can only have free GP care if we have GPs. And the reality of it on the ground is that we know we're vastly under-resourced with GPs in this country. In the last 15 years, we haven't seen any rise in the whole time equivalent number of GPs. So yet, despite a rise in our population, a rise in the amount of work being transferred to general practice and a more ageing population who obviously have greater needs. So um, I think we can talk about the money, but unless we've got the actual people on the ground to do the work, it's just not going to be possible. So um, would your opposition... this it's less it's not a principled opposition it's more a practicality we can't do this because we just don't have the numbers Yes, absolutely. I don't think there's any GP in the country who is an issue with, you know, making GP care more accessible to everybody. But the reality of it is that once we provide free GP care, we know from experience, and that experience was easily measured with regards to the under sixes, so children who were provided with free medical cards did have a rise in the number of visits to their GPs, and we can expect that to happen with any group who get a medical card for free. Also, it's worth noting that the medical card that's been provided is what's called a GP visit card, and it really is, as it says on the box, it is only to see your GP for a visit. So it doesn't cover other healthcare services such as seeing the public health nurse, um, attending hospital, having your medications cost covered. None of that is covered. Even being admitted to hospital isn't covered. So it really only covers the GP, which means that all of that workload is specifically aimed and geared towards the GP. So we're really front-loaded with work that if it was a full medical card, we mightn't even have. All right, let me let me bring in Anthony Staines as well as a professor of health systems at the uh, Nursing and Human Sciences, the School of Nursing and Human Sciences in DCU. Anthony, what about that? I mean, not much principled opposition to this, but practically it's not possible within three years, is it? Yeah, I think Dr. Duffy's absolutely right. There's no point saying we're going to do this and not providing the resources in general practice. And unfortunately, it takes it's going to take time to shift general practice, both to train more GPs, which takes several years a pop in itself, but also to make GP more in Ireland more attractive. Because we have great graduates, we have a great GP training scheme, and Alona and her colleagues are well well behind that. But it's to to get that up and running to get the resources into GP, and Delona mentioned that, it's all the other stuff besides the GP, that in every other European country that has a primary care system, you kind of take for granted. So NHS GPs have, they have GPs, but they also have practice nurses, they have advanced nurse practitioners, they have psychologists, they have physiotherapists, they have midwives, they have often have pharmacists, they have all sorts of people working in the practice, in the team, providing care for the patients. A lot of that care has to come from GPs, but a significant amount of other stuff comes from other people. So Mm -hmm. you get an integrated care system that's actually meeting the needs of patients. Otherwise, all that happens is that GP becomes an even more agitated referral agency, sending people on to services for Mm -hmm. which there's already long queues and waiting lists. And without our GP colleagues working their socks off, and we've seen some recent data on GP workload, I mean, GPs are working 10 hours a day seeing patients and then catching up on everything else afterwards. 
Well, I mean, without that, the health service yeah, would be in, the, in un, unspeakable straits. Is is the system that you're describing there? I mean, is that is that is that an aspect of Slauncher Care? It well, Slauncher Care is very very weak on general practice. General practice is hardly mentioned in Slauncher Care. They talk about community care. All Oh, we seem to have lost Anthony there. I'll tell you why we get him back. Uh, let me go back to Alona. Alona, why uh, is general practice not seen as attractive by young graduates as it might have been in the past? Well, I think in the past, general practice was seen as a very family-friendly kind of career to have. You didn't have to go abroad to do your training. And also, you perhaps had hours that you could you could kind of dictate to and and know that you know you were maybe finished by five or by six that's all changed and as as Anthony has said and I've said the days are longer the days are more complicated but perhaps simple other measures are the fact that you know especially since COVID I think the onset of COVID really saw us lose a lot of doctors who would have worked as locums and would have provided cover for GPs to allow them to take annual leave to allow them to take sick leave, to allow them to take maternity leave. And what we're seeing on the ground at the moment is there is a huge dearth of these doctors. So that means that over the last couple of years, there are many GPs around the country who've taken no holidays or basically maybe a week in a year and that's it. If they get sick, they're stuck with trying to provide cover for their practices and often working when they are sick and when they shouldn't be working. And I suppose for our younger graduates, they're kind of saying, well, look, at you know, there are better options. There are options that will provide me with guaranteed annual leave, sick leave, maternity leave. There are options that will provide me with a, a decent pension to retire on and that I can retire at a reasonable age. So up to now, GPs have continued working into their 70s. One of my partners worked until 2021. He was 71. My dad worked until last year until he was 86. That's gone. That's changed. GPs can't do that anymore because realistically, many of them are becoming burnt out. But there are solutions. And I think that's the thing. The ICGP mm. wants to sit down with the government. They want to talk about solutions. And really, this is the problem. Again, yeah. we have seen no sitting down. We've seen no proper discussion and no proper planning. Well, uh, Anthony's back with us. Anthony, you, you, yeah. you, we lost you just as you were about to make a point about that the weakness of Slauncher Care with regard to this transition to a more sustainable general practice system. Yeah, Solange Care really hasn't got a vision for what general practice will look like. The ICGP has uh, some really, really great ideas, but Solange Care has not taken those on board. And Solange Care is currently running five years behind schedule anyway. So we we need to have that conversation. The department needs to have the conversation with the GPs and look at a wider service, mm. a wider GP-led community-based service for the for patients. Ilona, when you look at the age profile of GPs around the country, I mean, far from free GP care for all by 2026, the likelihood is by 2026, the problems in general practice will be worse than they are now. Well, we know that 25% of the existing GP population are over the age of 60. And the majority of those tend to be GPs who are working full-time in practice. So we are seeing the the future resignations of those. And again, they're not going to stay on longer. They're going to go as soon as they can go. And I suppose one of the, the real measures of this is that we're seeing practices closing around the country. And perhaps of most concern is Dublin was always the place where GPs wanted to go and work. We're now seeing practices actually close in Dublin as people retire and there's no one to replace them. We're 
we're also aware that around the country there are hundreds of thousands of people, well, maybe not hundreds of thousands, I'm going to say thousands because we haven't measured it, um, of people who have no GP. So mm. people who move, you move to Monaghan from Dublin, you have no hope of getting a GP here. You move to Cork, you have no hope of getting a GP. And that's terrible because everybody should have access to a GP. Everybody needs a GP. So the government are aware of this. The HSC are aware of this. During COVID, the HSC approached the IMO and the ICGP and said, will you ask GP colleagues just as, as an emergency measure to look after these patients during COVID so that we can ensure they're getting their sick certs, they're getting their testing. Yeah. But there was no plan for afterwards. It was just presumed that they'd continue to be looked after and that hasn't happened. Well, I, I wonder what those people listening to this discussion must think. People, those thousands of people around the country who can't even get registered with their local GP. The idea that it would be free or otherwise utterly irrelevant uh, to them. Uh, 53106, the number. Dr. Alona Duffy, who's a GP in Monaghan. Thank you very much and thank you to Anthony Staines. Anthony is a professor of health systems at the School of Nursing and Human Sciences in DCU. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.